And so as we start a new series, can you say now, now. And, later. and later? Now, now. And, later. and later? Now 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 and later? As we start uh, this series now and later, um, it'll begin, the context will begin to make sense in a second. But I do have a question for you. Have you ever put together a build-at-home piece of furniture? Anybody? Anybody? Have you ever watched someone put together a build-at-home piece of furniture? So I have a story to tell. Um, Jen, if you can hear this story, you're going to laugh a little bit because you witnessed it. But... um, I went to Ikea because I wanted to buy a bookshelf. I wanted to put this bookshelf in my office and make it look nice. And so I went to Ikea. I found the one I wanted. I bring it home. And, of course, when you buy it, what you see is a put-together piece of furniture that looks the way you want. When you leave the store, you leave with a box with every piece of that furniture inside the box, a manual inside the box, and it's not put together because when you have to get home, That's when you put it together yourself. You save a little bit of money because you're not paying someone else to do labor for you, but that means that this manufacturer gives you all the supplies, hopefully, and gives you all the instructions, hopefully, that you need to build it yourself. And so I take this bookshelf to my house. I start taking all the pieces out, and the last thing I see is the manual. And I pick up the manual, and I go... I'm better than this. And I chuck the manual. And I begin to spread out all the pieces because I'm a wise guy. I know how to put this together. I've built stuff before. I know how this stuff works. I can use a screwdriver, a wrench, a drill. I can hit my son with a hammer. You know, it all works the same. So it's a plastic tool hammer. Anyway, um, so... I, I figure I can handle this, right? I can do this. Um, so I start putting this together. It's looking really nice. The first panel looks great. And then I add another piece. I add another piece. And I'm like, yes, this is coming together. And then when I think I'm done, I have more pieces that I'm not even using. And then I'm like, okay, well, let's find a place to put all these pieces. And by the time I'm done, I'm like, oh, this is jank, y'all. This bookshelf does not look like the way or the picture that I imagined it would look, and it's jacked. It's straight jacked. It's not level. It was not good. And so I'll uh, finish that story in a second, but the reason I bring that up is because um, sometimes we think that we know better than we actually do. Anybody agree with me on that? Sometimes we think we know better than we actually do. And we ignore the instructions in the manual. (laughs) And we cast it aside and we think we're the wise guy. And the truth is, I think that in certain areas of our lives, we do this um, because we think we have it all figured out, right? And so it's kind of silly when we're talking about furniture and how if you don't follow the instructions, you get a jacked up piece of furniture. But it gets a little bit more serious when you talk about something like school and your grades that actually help get you into a college that you want to get into. 
And so when you disregard your teacher's study guides or you disregard your instructions or you disregard your coach's, uh, like, advice, when you disregard all that stuff, you're not going to end up where you want to be. And maybe you think it's not a big deal now, but what starts as something insignificant now can turn into something really big later, right? And so it might be, maybe it's a little bit more serious when we talk about ignoring the instructions when it comes to our finances. Guys, I know you're young, and I know that you think from, that you have a lot of years ahead of you, and for most of you, that's probably true. But the fact is, all the advice that you hear probably from your parents, from your grandparents, from your friends, from all of the people who know about money is save, 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 so that later you won't be broke, 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 right? Any college guys in the house that can say amen? Yes, yes. So the point is, and I'm right there with you guys, but the point is if we ignore that, now we get to spend the money that we have now, and it's fun, and it doesn't feel like you're going to have any bad consequences, but then you experience them when? Later. Um, It's a little bit more serious when you ignore the instructions regarding your relationships. And I'm not talking about romantic relationships as much as I'm talking about even your friendships, the relationships with your parents. If you ignore your parents' instructions, maybe you experience a little bit of freedom now in the moment, but later, it's not going to be so cool when you have to deal with the consequences. Maybe you ignore the instructions of the authority figures in your life, your teachers, your principals, all of those people who have authority, and you ignore it, and it's fun in the moment now, but it's not later. Um, maybe it's a little bit more serious when we talk about um, when we ignore the fact that we may have an addiction. I'm getting personal here because I do believe that if you dial in and if you're honest and if you're focused, I believe that some of what we study tonight will directly address someone's addiction in this room. Because you ignore all the signs of your alcoholism. You ignore all the signs of your porn habit. You ignore all the signs of all of the things that you might be going through. And so when you ignore it now, maybe you're having fun. Maybe it feels good now, but it won't when you have to deal with the consequences when? Later. And the same is true in our spiritual life, guys. In our spiritual life, we have to make a decision on whether we want to take it seriously now so that we don't have to deal with a big mistake when? That's right. And so sometimes I think we have a few reasons on why, um, on what's preventing us from following these instructions. And can I just be straight up? I have wrestled with all of these before. So let's go back to my bookshelf example. Maybe the reason why I didn't want to look at the manual and pay attention to the instructions was because I was embarrassed. Because I was embarrassed that I would have to admit that I needed help. That I would have to actually admit that I needed some other form of direction or advice or wisdom to, to actually build what I wanted. Maybe it, it's, it's pride for you. Maybe you're too proud. I have been too proud. I have been so full of myself thinking that I can handle this. It's not a big deal. I can handle this. How many of you have ever said that before, thought that before? It's not a big deal. I can handle it. And your pride is preventing you from following the instructions. And maybe 
if we're just being flat out honest, you've already jacked up your bookshelf. Look at me. Maybe you've already made some really big mistakes and it's jacked. And the reason you don't want to look at and follow the instructions in the manual or ask for help is because you're ashamed. And that's been me. I chose not to follow the instructions when I should have. And maybe it was fun in the moment, but then later I didn't want to acknowledge that I'd made a really big mistake. And so this series is all about wisdom. And sometimes we try to figure things out on our own. And if we do that, even in our embarrassment, even in our pride, even in our shame, if we try to figure things out on our own without knowing it, by relying on ourselves, we might be setting ourselves up for big mistakes later even if it doesn't look like it now. And so we're going to look at a verse in the book of Proverbs. And Proverbs is this collection of wisdom sayings written by a guy named Solomon. Say Solomon. Solomon. And Solomon was a king, the king of Israel. And God gave Solomon a choice. He asked him this question. He said, what do you seek with all your heart? What do you want? Name it and I'll give it to you. And you know what Solomon responded with? Not riches, not all the most beautiful women, not the vast, greatest um, kingdom in all of history. He wished for wisdom. And if he wished for wisdom, what makes wisdom so valuable? What makes wisdom this thing that a king would look for more than women or riches or a vast kingdom or this incredible amount of fame? What would make wisdom so desirable? And so I came up with a definition of wisdom. And it's my definition. You won't find this in Webster's. And so I could be wrong, but I'm not. So um, let's take a look at this definition of wisdom together. So um, wisdom is knowing, first of all, what you should do. Wisdom is knowing what you should do. And so to go along with all of my definitions of wisdom, I'm going to give you an an example of me taking out the trash. It's a chore that I have to do every week. And so um, wisdom is knowing what you should do. So the reason um, taking out the trash is like what I should do. So I should take out the trash, all right? We'll talk about why in a second, but what, the what here in this illustration is taking out the trash, right? So wisdom is knowing what you should do. It always starts there. Then it always goes from what you should do to how you should do it. So what am I doing? Taking out the trash. How am I gonna do it? Well, I'm not gonna take it out one piece by one piece. I would take forever, right? I'm not going to... uh, take the whole trash can out unless I'm a he-man and take it with me all the way to the big trash can so I can dump it out, right? If it has a hole in the bag, I'm not going to drag the holy bag and let all the juice flow out all over my floor, right? There's a certain method. There's a certain how you should do things. Not only is wisdom what you should do, how you should do it, but also when you should do it. When I take out the trash, Sometimes if I'm being honest, I will let, because it's my chore. Jen doesn't do it. It's my chore. When, whenever um, I ignore it and I don't, and I procrastinate that chore, if it's too cold outside, I don't want to get my toes cold, whatever it is, right? 
if I procrastinate, sometimes that trash can will fill up. And then trash begins to stack on top of the trash can lid. And then trash begins to stack on the floor around it. And then trash begins to stack on the countertops around the trash can. And then in boxes somewhere else. And then in a different pile altogether. And then in separate rooms. Right? You get what I'm talking about. And it fills the house with nasty stench. I have kids, little kids. It becomes a sanitary hazard for my household. Right, so not only is wisdom um, knowing what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it, it's also knowing who you should do it with. And so for me, if I tried to take out the trash while holding my newborn, that would be really frustrating for me and pretty difficult. I mean, maybe I could probably figure out how to tie a knot with one hand, get it out with one hand, take it all the way to the trash with one hand, open all the doors and all that stuff. Maybe I could figure it out, but I would probably hurt her in the process with a door. Just being honest. And so not only is um, wisdom knowing what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it, who you should do it with, it's also knowing why you should do it. And the biggest reason why I should take out the trash is so that my wife, Jen, does not beat me up. That's the number one reason. Um, And then others for the reasons that I already gave about stench and sanitization, right? So, um, but I think there's one more thing to wisdom. Listen, and this is the kicker. This is the kicker. This is what makes or break a wise person. This last thing I'm going to share with you makes or breaks whether you are a wise person or not. Watch this. Wisdom is not only knowing what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it, who you should do it with, why you should do it, but it also involves actually doing it. Because if you know what you should do, how you should do it, when you should do it, who you should do it with, and why you should do it, that just makes you smart. That just makes you informed. That just makes you aware. That just makes you a know-it-all. But you want to know what separates a foolish person from a wise person? The foolish person knows the same information, but they don't apply it to their life. Wisdom is not only knowing the facts and knowing the information and knowing what you should do. Wisdom is actually doing it too. And I want to highlight this point. Can you say this with me? The wise apply. Come on, say it like you mean it. The wise apply. The wise apply. The wise apply. And that's true. And so we're going to take a look at a passage of scripture. It's Proverbs chapter 3. And Solomon is sharing some wisdom from us that he wants us to apply to our life. So we're going to um, go through this scripture. It'll be on the screens. It says this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do. And he will show you which path to take. He opens these wise sayings by saying, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And to trust God simply means to rely on him. To trust God means to completely rely on him. Like not just when you go to church on Sundays and not just when it's convenient for you, but to trust him, to completely rely on him. And there's some insight there that he says. He says, trust the Lord 
Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And I did a little bit of searching, and all your heart there communicates at least three different things. It means that we should trust God with all of our thoughts. That when we trust God with all of our hearts, the, one of the first things that we have to do is trust him with our thoughts. We have to trust that God knows what he's doing. We have to trust him that even when we think he's an idiot, even when we think his idea isn't going to end well, even when we think God really doesn't have our best in mind, whatever we think, we need to trust God with and not our thoughts. We need to surrender our thoughts to his greater judgment because that's what trusting in the Lord with all your heart means. It also means this, that you trust him with all of your feelings. Or maybe I should say it this way, that you trust God in spite of your feelings. Maybe you feel far away from him. Maybe you feel like that's the girl that you should be with. Maybe you feel like you have a physical attraction to them that you have to act on. Maybe you feel like you have to do all of these things. Maybe this is something that you feel, you have all these feelings. But Jared's wearing a shirt right now that says faith over feelings. Because when you trust in the Lord with all your heart, you don't live according to your feelings. You live according to him. And not only does trusting God with all of your thoughts and your feelings, trusting the Lord with all your heart also means that we trust him with our choices. Because remember, the wise apply. If all we do is trust him with our thoughts and our feelings, but we don't trust him with our choices, we missed it. And so even when you have multiple choices in front of you, and some choices might look more fun or might seem more smart or might seem more safe than choosing the choice that God wants you to make, God's saying, I want you to trust me and and choose what I want you to do anyway. That's what it means to trust in the Lord with all your heart. And then he says this, do not depend on your own understanding. Guys, the truth is, we can come up with incredible, desirable, preferable futures for our lives. If you and I were having a, a, a conversation and I asked you, hey, what do you want your life to look like in five years? What do you want your, look like, your life to look like in 10 years? What do you want your life to look like in 50 years? You would have desirable, thought, thoughtful, incredible ideas for your future because that's what you want for you. But God is saying, Solomon is saying, don't depend just on your understanding of things. Because even in your best, in your most insightful and in your brightest moments and in your most beautiful depictions of your future, God's plan is still better. And the truth is, even in our brightest moments, we still see things from a narrow perspective. We still see things from such a narrow perspective when we see the tip of the iceberg, God sees the whole thing. When we see just a very small portion of a portrait, God sees the whole thing. 
when we see just a small, when we experience just a, a tiny bit of a chapter in a story or a couple pages in a story, God is writing your story. And God sees and he knows where he wants to take you. God has a preferred future for you that's better than anything you could dream up. We just see such a small perspective of God's incredible view of your preferred future, the way that he created and designed you to look. And then Solomon says this, don't just not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all that you do. And to seek God's will means to seek God's way. And this is where we get personal, guys. Hey, look at me, look at me. To seek God's will means to seek God's way. Burger King has this slogan, right? Have it your way. And I feel like that's the message our culture is telling you. It's your life. Live it the way you want it. It's your own sexuality. Live it the way you want. It's your own money. Spend it the way you want. It's your own, it's your own physical body. You can do whatever with it you want. You can have it your way. But the message that Solomon is saying right now isn't have it your way. It's seek after God's way. Because when you try to have it your way, it never quite ends up the way you thought it would end up. When I tried to build that bookshelf on my own, it didn't end up the way I thought it would look. It was jacked. It was jank. And when you and I try to live our life the way that we want and we have it our way, it will never end up the way we thought. And God has a better preferred future for you than you could ever imagine. And what he's asking you is, will you just please trust me? Will you please trust me? to take the next step that I show you so that when you take that step and when you follow my way, you will be closer and closer and closer and closer, step by step, decision by decision, choice by choice to the life that I designed for you. And maybe you're thinking like, Matt, this is all cool. And, you know, I agree with you, but I just don't know how to do this. And if you were being real with me, maybe some of you would say that, I just don't know how to do this, dude. And I'm here to say that Solomon gives you practical advice with this next portion of Scripture. Listen. He says this. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Can, you, can we just read that last part? Seek his will in all you do and can we say that together again like you're actually reading it with confidence, like you actually believe this, like reading this truth could actually change the way that you live your life? Seek his will in all you do and 
The fact that God would show any of us anything blows my mind. Look at me. We're insignificant creatures. And the God of the universe says, I want to show you which path to take so that you can end up having the life that I have called you, created you for, and designed you to live. And it's perfect, and it's better than even your best dreams for you. Will you just trust me to take the step? And I'll show you where to go. And this is emotional for me because I've been the guy knowing God's begging me to follow him and saying no. And I don't know how many of you are sitting in this chair hearing me speak, hearing this scripture, thinking the same thing. God, I know your plan is better, but I just don't give a crap. I want what I want. And if your heart is breaking right now, if the spirit is poking on you and saying you need to follow what God is saying, you need to get on his level. You need to not seek your way, but you need to seek his will by seeking his way. He will show you which path to take. And here's how you can do it. The first practical thing that you and I can do to seek after God's way is simply to read the manual. Just read the manual. The way that God has designed you to live is right here in his word. Just like the manufacturers of build-at-home furniture put a manual inside of the box and a whole bunch of pieces and say, here, this is what I've provided for you. You have everything you need to build what you want. You have everything you need. Just follow the instructions. In that same, similar way, God has given you and me everything we need to become the people that he's called us and created us to be. And all we have to do is read the manual. Stop making excuses. There is not a good excuse. Read the manual. The next thing that you and I can do is ask for help. There's a lot of people in this room that care a lot more about you than you may ever know. And I'm not just talking about adults here, although your small group leaders are truly the ones who care a lot about you. I'm also talking about your friends, the people sitting next to you that care about you more than you may ever understand. They want to help you too. Not only can we read the manual, but we should also ask for help. And the way that you ask for help isn't by asking someone who doesn't know the manual. I'm going to say that again. You don't ask for help by asking someone who doesn't know the manual. The way that you ask for help is by finding someone who knows God, who knows his word, who's following him with his life, who's following him with her life. And there are adults and there are friends in this room who are truly seeking after God and they want to help you and maybe they've been trying to help you but your attitude has not allowed them to help you. 
But for most of you, that's probably not the case. For most of you, what is the case is that you've simply never asked for help because you're too embarrassed, you're too proud, or you're too ashamed. Not only can we read the manual and not only can we ask for help, but we can do this. Listen, this is the kicker. We can follow the instructions. Reading the manual is good. Asking for help is great. But if you never follow God's word in obedience, it's not helping. If you never follow God's word in obedience, it's not helping. A lot of people say that, well, I tried the Jesus thing. I tried the church thing. Oh, did you? Did you actually obey God's word? Well, no, that's dumb. Who does that? Then you didn't try it. Don't just read God's word. Don't just ask for help. Receive the wisdom that's given through God's word. Receive the insight that's given from people that you ask for help. And then follow the instructions. Because when you follow the instructions, you begin to become more wise. Because the point is that the wise apply. The wise apply. And so what happened with the bookshelf that I started building? Well, the truth is, it was jacked up. It was janky. I messed up. I tried to do it on my own. And I looked at Jen, and I said, babe, I think I need to start over. And she's probably, I don't exactly remember this. I probably blacked out of embarrassment. But she uh, probably rolled her eyes at me and said something like, mm-hmm. But then, but then this happened. She said, do you want some help? And I had to let my pride go away. And I had to ask for help. So I asked for help. I read the manual with her. She helped me put it together. And I have a bookshelf in my office that is the way that I imagined it would be because I followed, because I read the manual, I asked for help, and I followed instructions. So I don't exactly know every story of your life or every detail of your life, but I do know this, that wisdom now can help you miss some really big mistakes, not only today, not only now, but later. And so we're going to go into small group. I'm going to pray for us. And here's how I want you, listen, focus real quick. Here's what I want you to take in a small group with you. If you have a problem having a regular habit of reading the manual, will you ask for help? If there's something going on in your life that you really need help with, will you ask for help? Because the truth is, every single one of us are on a journey Every single one of us are on a path. And God says that he'll show us which path to take. If we will just read the manual, ask for help, and follow the instructions. God, thank you for speaking to us through your word. I pray that through the power of your word and through um, the power of your spirit, you would transform us from the inside out so that we can see every student fully devoted to new life in Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.